Every single player who's come to Michigan State since 2007 has a ring on their finger. I'm going to be a coach here for a long time. It's not over. It's just starting. But just remember, pride comes before the fall. So you might as well just come out and say what you're, what's your feeling at some point in time, because you know I can only be diplomatic for so long. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Friday, September 27th, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. We are, on today's show, going to preview Michigan State versus Indiana this Saturday, tomorrow. Spartan Stadium, 3.30 p.m. kickoff on Big Ten Network. Uh, a lot of interesting things to watch in this game, for sure. Um... You know, it's kind of a, a trap gamey type environment with uh, a better than you think Indiana team coming to town. So it's not by any stretch uh, just kind of a, a pushover, washover, big blowout coming here for sure. I mean, it's in the cards. It could happen. But I think there's a lot of interesting things to talk about. So we'll do some of that. I'll uh, give you some keys, how I see this thing potentially playing out, what I'm looking for from Michigan State. Uh, And then I will welcome in Taylor Lehman, who writes on uh, Indiana football for their rival site, thehoosier.com. I talked to him earlier in the day yesterday before I recorded, and he just had a lot of really great insight, a really smart guy and knows his stuff. And so it's a little bit longer of an interview, and instead of editing it, I'm just going to let it be and let it be the last segment of today's show because... Uh, you're not going to get much better information on Indiana football than, than we get from Taylor. So big thanks to him for doing that. That'll be segment three on today's show. Reminder, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is the easiest way to get these episodes to your phone every single day. They go up 5 a.m. most days, almost every day, unless something happens. 5 a.m. every day, uh, all part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, let's uh, jump into the show. So I did a mailbag over at SpartansWire, spartanswire.usatoday.com. If you want our picks as well, we got picks up there that should be up by now. If not, they'll be up later in the day. We got picks. We got three things to watch for. We got a scouting breakdown. Uh, I have an analyzing the spread piece up there as well. Totally knocked it out of the park against Northwestern. Was feeling confident about that one. Not feeling confident at all about this spread, but... Read all that stuff if you want to get some pre-game information, spartanswire.usatoday.com. I also did a mailbag, and in that mailbag, somebody asked me, what do I need to see from Indiana to give me confidence that they have a shot to win against Ohio State? And I think they already have a shot to win against Ohio State, uh, given what they can do on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but in terms of you know increasing that, what would make me feel like, hey, it's more than just a puncher's chance. Because that's kind of where I'm at right now is they'll go into Columbus double-digit favorites. If the defense can play lights out and, you know, maybe Justin Fields makes some young kid mistakes and Michigan State can hit a couple of big plays or, you know, get a break here or there, 
then they have a shot. But if, if I'm going to feel more confident than that, I think it would take, you know, just a, a really thorough beating of Indiana, something like 31 to 10, kind of what you saw against Northwestern, almost like a replica performance, but perhaps a little bit more consistent. I think Indiana's, I don't think, I know Indiana's a better team than Northwestern. Um, I think just in terms of overall like talent at the skill positions, talent at quarterback, uh, maybe they're not quite as good uh, defensively in the front seven area, but they have a good secondary. Um, I think Indiana's a pretty solid team. So if Michigan State can have Indiana come in and they can beat them by 20, 20 plus, control the ball, uh, run efficiently on offense, uh, have a couple big plays, and just completely stifle um, what I'm assuming will be Michael Penix Jr. starting at quarterback, uh, you know, a dynamic athlete with a big arm. Uh, if they can do that, then I'll feel a little bit better heading into that game instead of giving them like a 17% chance, maybe give them like a 26% chance, you know, some numbers like that. Um, but that's kind of a, a really optimistic way of seeing this game play out. That's not how I have it playing out. You know, Indiana, I'm a big believer in SP plus from Bill Connolly. Um, I know it's not totally dialed in yet because there's still preseason projections factoring into it. They're starting to get phased out. Uh, but Indiana is number 32 in that metric right now. Maybe they go down as things kind of play out. But like, yeah, they got absolutely worked by Ohio State. But I think Ohio State's going to do that to just about every team on their schedule outside of, you know, maybe Michigan State, Wisconsin can put up a good fight against them. Other than that, I wouldn't be surprised if they're beating teams 40 to 20, 42 to 18, you know, scores like that, just really thorough butt kickings because it might be the most talented Ohio State team uh, they've ever had. And that's kind of crazy given the standard they've put up there. The recruiting's been nuts there. Uh, but that's sort of, I don't know, I don't want to give them a full pass for that because they still got absolutely destroyed, but it's kind of an understandable thing. I don't think they're as bad as they showed in that game, you know, and they really haven't had many other chances to prove much that, you know, they beat Ball State by 10, which is not an impressive win. They beat UConn pretty thoroughly. It's UConn. They beat, uh, I think it was like Eastern Illinois really thoroughly. That's an FCS team. So little bit of an unknown with Indiana, but I like some of the players on their team. And I think just like looking even back to last year, like there's some, there's some ability on this team and they're young on defense, but uh, they've got some experience at the skill positions. They've got Stevie Scott who's a good back. They've got, you know, Michael Penix Jr. at quarterback who we'll talk about a little bit more. Uh, they've got Peyton Ramsey who we're familiar with, uh, who is, you know, competent, can do a little bit, decent athlete, throws the ball well enough in terms of accuracy and kind of distributing it more of a, a glorified game manager type, but still a, a good college quarterback. They've got uh, some downfield receivers. They've got a good tight end. They've got Watt Fillier, who's this interesting little gadgety, quick, little shifty, good football player. That's, um, you know, a new dynamic for them on that side of the ball. So I think Indiana is a little bit undervalued and I think they're a good team. And I think just kind of, how they're always a bit of a thorn in the side for Michigan State, I think that might end up being the the, the case in this game. Um, it's tough for me to see Michigan State really blowing them out. Um, 
I'm not, you know, I think the offense is okay. I think Michigan State has an okay, decent offense. And there are signs that would lead me to believe that they could take another step and maybe, you know, end up being a good offense by season's end. I'm not totally there yet, but there are signs. But I'm, you know, it's tough to think that they're going to score 30 again. You know, they just haven't shown that consistency. And maybe, you know, I think they'll be able to move the ball some. I don't think they'll be as efficient in the red zone as they were against Northwestern. It's tough to replicate. And I just, you know, they're not an explosive offense. It's hard in college football to keep stitching together eight to 10 play drives for touchdowns. And, you know, maybe the defense sets them up with good field position. Maybe special teams plays better, plays up to their ability. Uh, But it's just, you know, it's tough for me to see them getting into the mid 30s approaching 40 points that's I don't think that's going to happen I think Indiana is uh decent enough on defense has a talented secondary that they'll be able to kind of hold them back at times um so I, I you know I struggle to see Michigan State scoring really high in in this game but I also struggle to see Indiana scoring much so maybe it's like a 24 to 3 blowout type game 24 to 6 uh where it is you know a thorough beating but it's not the flashy blowout, like 42 to seven type score that everyone would love to see uh, when you play a team that you're better than. So there's a number of different things that I think can sort of shift this game and are going to play a big role. And uh, I'll talk about those in just a minute here, but I want to remind you that vivid seats is here to get you to this game. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime. Let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF100 at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Okay, so I think the the biggest thing, and I don't want to get too deep in the woods on this because Taylor's going to school you on it, but Michael Penix Jr. and Peyton Ramsey is the big thing to watch. Who's going to play at quarterback? We've seen Ramsey a lot, and I just think, what the limited stuff I've seen from Penix and the fact that he won the quarterback job and the way he plays would make a difference in this game. He's got a big arm. He's going to be able to push the ball downfield. And he's just, I think more of a dynamic playmaker with his feet. And that's something that, you know, could end up resulting in Indiana scoring a little bit more than you would think. Uh, especially if someone like Peyton Ramsey plays, um, Ramsey does a lot of good things and is a good quarterback. I don't think he's really, built to be someone who can help Indiana spring an upset in a game like this where they have to overcome uh, a totally superior defensive product. So I think that's a big thing to watch. And is he 100% healthy if if Penix is 75%? You know, how much does that play into it? I think it's a big deal, especially because Indiana just lost their left tackle for the season. Koi Kronk, uh, starting left tackle, Really important to their line. They only had two starters coming into this year. Uh, now they're down to just one. They've got a true freshman starting on the line. So the offensive line has not done a good job. And I I, I really think we might see an Arizona State type game plan here where they're just not going to try to run the ball a ton. Stevie Scott's a good back. It's been tough sledding for him this year. Um, couldn't He had six carries for nine yards against Ohio State. Uh, and then against Ball State was really inefficient uh, as well. And he's, you know, 58 carries this year for 215 yards, 3.7 yards per carry. And if you take out the game against UConn and take out the game against Eastern Illinois, it looks a lot worse. He went for 1.5 a carry against OSU, 2.5 a carry against Ball State. Like, good luck getting that going. But they've been 
you know, working him in in the past game, and that's I think what they're going to have to do is a lot of quick, short passes to try to supplement the run game. And Michigan State, I think, has done a really good job this year compared to years past defending that type of stuff where you just you don't have time to get to the quarterback. It's not it's you know, the passing game becomes an extension of the running game and you're just doing quick screens, quick outs, little things to try try to take advantage of some soft coverage. And I think Michigan State's done a good job of that coming up, making tackles and keeping guys short of the sticks on you know, from keeping the guys short from from making first downs. And I think we're going to see a lot of that against Indiana. If if Penix uh, Jr.'s in there, they're going to take some shots deep. Um, They've got Donovan Hale. They've got Nick Westbrook, who between them have uh, have 17 catches, nine for Hale, eight for Westbrook, but they're both averaging over 20 yards a catch. (laughs) Like, they're deep play threats. Um Peyton Hendershot's a pretty good tight end leading them in receiving. So there are weapons there, but I, I think just Indiana's not gonna give running the football a shot. And they'd be I think they'd be smart to to really try to limit that and try to make hay through the air with some, you know, short pass, short pass, deep pass, right? Try to suck the deep defense up a little bit and then try to go over the top a little bit. Try to get someone like Wap Fillier involved. He's gotten one uh handoff each game. Maybe try to get him involved end arounds, different things like that uh, to try to get that offense going. But I think it's going to be really tough sledding for Indiana to try to put up points on the board. Um, I think my official prediction was like 24-16 or something like that. And I was kind of, I think, being a little generous to Indiana there on offense, assuming that Michael Penix plays, he is somewhat himself and they're able to hit some big plays that can keep them in the game and give them scoring drives because... It's going to be really tough, I think, for Indiana to put together an 8- or 10-play drive that goes 70-plus yards in three or four minutes on this defense. It's just uh, a really tough matchup for them on that side of the ball, given you know they're kind of a middle-of-the-pack offense as is, and they're a little bit banged up right now, especially on that line. That's going to be tough for them. On the other side of the ball, I think Michigan State's really going to come out and try to run the hell out of it. I think you'll see a lot of spread stuff uh, with zone Uh, inside zone reads and RPOs stitched off of it just like we've kind of been seeing the the more the season goes along the more Michigan State is running from the spread the more zone they're running and and they're having consistent success with it I wouldn't anticipate that changing much Indiana doesn't have a scary front there are some good players there Um, they have some guys uh, in the back end that are pretty decent players Um, Raekwon Jones is a good linebacker for them who kind of plays like uh, some outside stuff, gets after like the passer a little bit, will have some some tackles behind the line. Uh, and then you've got Marcelino Ball, who um, Taylor Lehman, who's coming up in a little bit, talks about, who's a good defensive back, who will probably see some time on Daryl Stewart. So there's some good players there, but it's not a, an outstanding defense. It's a solid defense. Um, but as you know, we saw uh, a couple weeks ago, they have the ability to get absolutely lit up. I don't think Michigan State's going to light them up, but I think they will find some success running the ball, uh, and I think that'll kind of carry the day for them. I, th- I think Eli Collins can get over 100 yards in this game, and, and Lewerke's been efficient. The, the pass game has not been explosive. They've been lower in the uh, average depth of target than I would like to see, uh, and I think that's kind of going to continue. Similar passing game, you know, a lot of short to intermediate stuff. Very few deep shots and just kind of grinding it out. 
getting some drives going, a handful of uh, you know eight-ish play drives for that span, a couple of minutes, get some tempo going, um, and, and uh, end up scoring somewhere in the mid twenties. And I think something real quick here that I want to point out uh, is that this is you know has the makings of a trap game. Ohio State and Wisconsin are their next two games on the road. Uh, the two probably biggest games of the season as it relates to Michigan State's chances to win the Big Ten. You've got homecoming. You've got a team that is historically not great at football coming in for kind of a, you know, one of those midday BTN kickoffs, sleepy Saturday. Um, it wouldn't shock me if Michigan State came out of the gates a little slow. They've done that in the past, certainly. Uh, I feel like they've done that against Indiana almost every single year that I've watched Michigan State play football against Indiana. So something to look out for. I could see this game being 7-3, 7-7 at halftime, and there being some unrest, and then Michigan State comes out and just kind of makes it 21-7 relatively quickly and ends up winning you know, 24-13, something like that. A comfortable-ish win, but not as sharp as you'd like, not as comfortable as you'd like. That's sort of how I see this thing playing out. Okay, let's hang tight here for a minute. Got Taylor Lehman coming up. Um, really good insight. It's a, like a 14 or 15 minute interview. And I know I'm supposed to keep these shows within a half an hour. And I just didn't want to edit his stuff down because it's really good information. Uh, he knows a ton about Indiana football. And I just didn't want to uh, clip his interview or anything like that. So we'll get to that here in just a minute. All right, welcome back to Locked on Spartans. Happy to be joined now by Taylor Lehman. Taylor is a writer for thehoosier.com, which is the Indiana rival site. He covers uh, football, basketball, recruiting, and all sorts of stuff there. Taylor, thanks for making some time for the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Will. Uh, I, I'm uh, glad I could be the Locked on podcast. Absolutely. Um, I was just going through some of your stuff and I was like, this guy's got good information. I need to get him on the show. Um, first thing here, as we talk about Michigan State and Indiana, Indiana is traveling to Spartan Stadium. They're a team that has always been a thorn uh, in the side for Michigan State. And I think we'll see some of that this year. I want to start with quarterback because that's the, the spot everyone's kind of talking about, the most newsy spot, if you will, for Indiana. What is going on there? What is the injury situation for Michael Penix Jr.? Seems like he's back in practice, but uh, there, there seems to be uncertainty there at quarterback. Yeah, I guess just to kind of lay it out, it's been kind of a weird situation, but I mean, Mike Penix came in and he was really flashy. Mm-hmm. He beat up Ramsey for the job, Peyton Ramsey. He's, he's been a guy that's started, he started all of 2018 season, started intermittently, intermittently took the took the job from Richard Lego in 2017. Um, but, but he's very trusted. He, he's, he's, uh, accurate Ramsey. I'm talking about Peyton Ramsey. And, uh, and he's, he's on pace to be one of the most efficient passers in Indiana history. But the thing is, he just provides limitations on the Indiana offense. He can't really go deep. He have to stay short. He's more of a guy that gets the ball to the playmakers versus being a playmaker himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, came into play. He has a big arm. He can he can run himself. He's kind of a playmaker at the quarterback position that can also get the ball to his playmakers and stretch a defense. Um, so he's a, he 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 played well against Ball State, played well against Eastern Illinois, and then um, there were some rumors that came out that he had an injury and, and before the Ohio State game in Week Three, and 
Um, then Tom Allen addressed it, said that it would be a game time decision. And that's pretty much what he said for the last three weeks, as far as Penix goes. And so Penix hasn't played, um, since before the Ohio State game in week three and, and Peyton Ramsey's taken over and, um, kind of the, the, the biggest parallel that, that Indiana has had to Michigan State with Ohio State, it, or, uh, against Michigan with Michigan State is Ohio State because they both have strong defenses mm-hmm. and and Ohio State basically left the Indiana offense completely stagnant besides one drive um, that featured a 20 yard run by Peyton Ramsey and another drive that was capped off by a trick play from uh, the pass from wide receiver Donovan Hale to the tight end Peyton Hendershot for a touchdown other than that there was not a whole lot of movement going on in that IU offense so um, Peyton Ramsey plays that's a scenario where we could see that again against Michigan State. Do you think just watching you got a little plenty of sample size for Ramsey and, and we know what he looks like here at Michigan State. We've seen him before plenty. Is it a huge difference when Penix is in there in terms of the downfield passing and then just the explosiveness he brings to the quarterback position with his legs? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it's it's a it's quite a bit of a difference. I would say Peyton Ramsey um, Peyton Ramsey is about equal to him as far as uh, people don't really think about him like this, but he's he's pretty much equal to Penix when it comes to um, carrying the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Penix is very elusive. I think he's a little bit more smoother in the in the read option game, but uh, as far as like speed goes, um, I think Peyton Ramsey is right up there with him. But I I do think that uh, you know Peyton Ramsey knows this offense. He has a good relationship with the staff. He, uh, he he's somebody that you can count on to do what he is asked to do. Yeah. And what, what the Indiana staff has learned is that you can't ask him to throw deep downfield because he just can't make those throws. Um, it was pretty evident in, in the uh, game against Connecticut even. And so uh, with Mike Penix, and I think, I think it's fairly optimistic with Mike Penix too, before Michigan State, I think we could see Mike Penix. Mm-hmm. Um, supposed to practice this week and that's what he did he practiced a little bit last week but um Tom Allen emphasized that he was throwing this week um so just kind of he's continued to progress and we still don't even really know what the injury is they haven't disclosed that at all um but he has he's dressed he's done he's performed handoffs and warm-ups before every game that he's missed um it's just that he's he hasn't thrown a pass in front of the public eye yeah and, and- interesting as it can be with college injuries sometimes they're really vague sometimes you don't get any uh, information Uh, certainly an interesting spot to watch there let's move to another injury that is has no vagueness about it uh, but is probably equally important and that's Koi Kronk left tackle team captain a really important player for Indiana he's out for the season now I think Tom Allen just announced he's having season-ending surgery how big of a loss is that for uh, the Hoosiers front that's a huge loss because even with Koi Kronk, the offensive line hasn't really looked consistent or really looked like it's meshed that well. They they didn't really run the ball that well against Ball State. Um, they they put up decent numbers against Eastern Illinois, um, even though that was a blowout and they took out the the starters before the end of the first half. But mm-hmm. um, even with and they it still wasn't fantastic. It wasn't what you would expect um, from a thousand yard rusher in Stevie Scott. So. Um, and then against against Ohio State, I mean, there was basically nothing there. Yeah. So even with Koi Kronk, it struggled. So now they've kind of put together this plan where they're going to take Caleb Jones, um, who's a really big 
right tackle and, and, and they could move him to left tackle potentially. But I honestly think it, it, it'll depend on which quarterback it is because Mike Penix is a left-handed quarterback. Mm. Um, so if Penix plays, I could see Caleb Jones staying at his right tackle spot and they would move the backup right tackle, Devondre Love, to left tackle. And then uh, Matt Bedford, who is a really talented, true freshman um, tackle who was recruited by the SEC, but a little late and he had a good relationship with Indiana and he he chose the Hoosiers. And um, so he could also be worked in. It sounds like it's going to be kind of a three-man group there as far as replacing Coy Cronk. It doesn't sound too dissimilar for uh, Michigan State. I think the, the fans listening to the show are like, yeah, we know that tackle rotation when guys go out with injuries. It's been similar here with uh, left tackle for sure. Uh, you mentioned Stevie Scott there and a little bit of tough sledding for him this this season. Uh, he's a good back. And is it just a matter of the blocking has to get better in front of him? Like, what is it going to take for him to get going? It's going to be tough, I think. Uh, for them to get going against this front that they're playing against Michigan State. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, with uh, with Stevie Scott, it's one of those things where you're going to have to create some space for him. Mm-hmm. I don't think a running back that can create his own space, um, like say you know the Jordan Howards of the past um, could. And so I think uh, I, I think Tom Allen kind of referenced this he, the way that he's worded it in the last couple of days is that there are other ways to create. Um, out of the backfield. And and so I think he's planning on um, using some of the passing, some using his running backs in the passing game, getting them yeah. in space, um, definitely probably focusing more on the passing attack because I don't think they're going to get a lot on Michigan State in the running game. But what, what, makes it, what makes it a little bit confusing is that before Connecticut, they were expressing that they wanted more of a commitment to the running game and they tried to do it against Ohio State, and it didn't show because Ohio State didn't let it. And I yeah. think that same thing happening against Michigan State. But if they do get the ball in the hands of, say, say Mike Penix does play, and, and he can do more of those read option type of plays, um, I think that's that's another scenario where you could run the ball with your quarterback more often, and he would probably be their most efficient runner in a game like this. So using the running backs and and, and in the passing game. And also that's something that new offensive coordinator, Kalen DeBoer, he's tried to do with Stevie Scott and Stevie Scott's shown that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So that wouldn't be, it wouldn't be surprising if that that's kind of how they, they try to do that. Yeah. A lot of teams have been using short passing games to sort of supplement as a run game in lieu of actually trying to run it at Michigan state. And we've certainly seen some of that with Indiana, um, whether it's quick passes to receivers or, or what have you, but uh, yeah, that's a good way for them to try to get Stevie Scott going because he's a good player with the ball in his hand, but it's going to be tough sledding uh, against that front. I want to ask you about the uh, defense. We've got Taylor Lehman here, uh, Indiana football basketball recruiting writer for Rivals.com. Uh, I want to ask you about their defense, Taylor, because I think, I mean, Ohio State's going to put up that number on a lot of teams. I think Indiana has a pretty solid defense. They got some good players there they get after the quarterback a little bit like what do you make of them on the defensive side of the ball I know that's Tom Allen's thing as being a more defensive team what are they like right now on defense and you know what type of uh, opponent are they going to be for Michigan State there's quite a bit that goes into the Indiana defense this year um starting with the fact that Tom Allen has been more hands-off with the defense than he has in in the Mm. years past um he's actually he, he was serving as the defensive coordinator and then he turned that over to Kane Womack. 
Um, and so Kane Womack, he, he coaches the linebackers. He's a defensive coordinator, the son of Dave Womack from uh, Ole Miss. Um, and, uh, and so with this defense, it, it's, it's very it's very inexperienced, very young. Um, they have rotation players who are freshmen. They've played, uh, I think it's five true freshmen on the defensive side of the ball with the first team guys. So it, it's all led by Raquan Jones, the linebacker, and mm-hmm. defensive end calling Marcelino Ball, too, with the Husky. Um, but the strength is a secondary, and the front seven continues to to grow. And I think this defense is getting better as it goes on. It's just that in the ball state game, they did not tackle well at all. They didn't tackle well against Ohio State either. Um, and they, they had their best tackling performance against Connecticut this past week. But I'm just not sold on the fact that they've solved those tackling issues. Mm-hmm. I think some of those, I think, I think that'll come to light again against a, a team like Michigan State, um, who has a history of running the ball well. Even if the offensive line is injured, I think Michigan State will still be able to find a little bit of success in the running game against Indiana. So um, I think what Indiana will be able to do is to kind of put Brian Lewerke in some, some weird looks, uh, provide yeah. some offense, and, and I think that'll throw off the pass and give enough to where Michigan State's going to have to rely on their running attack, and that's something that Tom Allen expressed. He, he said that, you know, he thinks eventually Michigan State's going to have to lean on that on Saturday. Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch for sure, and I know um, Indiana likes to do that, move around guys and, and present different kind of looks, and that's something that certainly if that can get – Brian Lewerke thinking a little bit too much off his game could be a recipe for Indiana to keep this thing close. What do you think that looks like? I I, I tend to think this game's going to be closer than Vegas thinks. It's a 14-point spread. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a 7-point game, 10-point game throughout. What do you see this thing looking like and how to or, or what's the path I guess for Indiana to to get this upset? Right, right. I I've been thinking about that quite a bit. I think uh I think if Mike Penix plays that's their best shot at winning. And and that's just because when you play a good defense like Michigan State, you're going to need that big play threat. And I think if they can get two, maybe three big plays, uh, maybe one in special teams, David Ellis is a very good true freshman kickoff returner. And mm-hmm. Michigan State, by the numbers, has actually struggled with kickoff coverage. Um, so I guess I, I think it's going to be closer than 14. Um, and I think most people tend to agree with that. And I do think it'll be kind of a low-scoring contest. But at the same time, I think if Michigan State can find some type of success on offense, I think this could really snowball in Indiana, and it could turn into, you know, maybe more than 14. Uh, that, that That's just kind of what you get into when you talk about Indiana and, and spreads. And, and if I was a better, I would never bet on a game that involved <laughs> Indiana because you just never know when something like this snowball on them. Yeah, that's uh, it's kind of funny. I, I do a thing every week for Michigan State, just analyzing the spread. And half the time I'm like, I don't know. I'm not confident in Michigan State right now, <laughs> even though the numbers are indicating they're the smart bet. Like last week, I was like, everything says bet Michigan State, but I'm very uncomfortable. Uh, but it ended up working out on that one. Uh, he's Taylor, uh, Taylor Lehman, uh, writer for you know Indiana football, Indiana basketball, recruiting over at RivalsTheHoosier.com. Uh, really great insight, Taylor. Thanks so much for making the time. Uh, really appreciate it. And, and we'll catch you down the road in basketball season. If you want to come back, we're doing this during basketball season. We'd love to have you on then. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds great, Will. I appreciate it. All right, thanks. Take care. 
All right, thanks again to Taylor for joining the show today. Really good insight from him there. The guy really knows his stuff, and we talked after, and like, yeah, we're for sure going to catch up during basketball season as well when Michigan State plays Indiana in hoops. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, thanks so much for joining me all week on Locked on Spartans. We'll, of course, be back on Monday with a full recap of what went down this weekend at Spartan Stadium, so look forward to that. Look uh, at spartanswire.usatoday.com. I'll have posts um, on Saturday. I'll have a halftime reaction thing. I'll do a post-game report as well Saturday night, and then uh, do something either Sunday, probably Sunday. Maybe it'll wait till Monday in terms of another type of reaction, depending on how it plays out. Hopefully it goes well, and it's fun stuff I get to write about instead of, uh, you know, should Mark D'Antonio retire or something? Uh, insane like that. So that's the uh, that's the plan here. Back tomorrow with their back back Monday with another full week of locked on Spartans episode. Uh, if you're going to the game, cheer loud, have fun, be safe, be responsible, be good stewards of the university. But enjoy the game. We will uh, see you Monday right back here for another week of locked on Spartans.